This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm sex expert Dr. Cat. It is early morning for me recording this show. I am still in my sleepwear and my hair looks like wild sex hair. (laughs) But I promise you it's worth it and I will be okay. I'm talking with Elena Ona of Yoni Empire, who's gracing us with her presence all the way over in Amsterdam. Good thing I'm a morning human (laughs) in so many ways too. Morning is actually my favorite time of day. I get in a little yoga stretches, I get a little matcha latte, and a little slow sex with myself. I mean, who can't love that? (laughs) Are you a morning person, Elena? Absolutely not. It's 4 p.m. and I'm still in my pajamas. Oh, stop it! (laughs) Tell me about these pajamas. What do they look like? Are they silky? Are they lacy? Are you really wearing pajamas? (laughs) <laughs> well, it's my house pajamas. It's a linen Urban Outfitters onesie. I live in it. I do my groceries in it. I wear it around the house. I almost never take it off. I find it incredibly sexy, too. <laughs> I'm like my little girl inside right now. It's really, really excited. <laughs> now, this week, we are going to dive in deep into the pussy. <laughs> Imagine what you wish. I've got the super sexy Elena from Yoni Empire here to enlighten us about healing from chronic pussy pain, the power of slow sex over conventional sex, and the sexual body intelligence, like what your pussy could actually be trying to tell you. But before we get to Elena, lovers, you are the reason that I do this show. I want to thank you for tuning in, for spreading the word, for leaving reviews and trying some of the suggestions that we recommend. I've been getting the most amazing feedback on the products that we love and use ourselves because my goal is to help you get to eat, play and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which obviously improves every aspect of your life. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and grab my sexy guides to boost your confidence, vitality, and sex life. You! Now, Elena is the creator and the author of The Yoni Empire. She is a slow sex and pleasure educator, sex researcher, and writer and lover of all things pleasure related. I promise you, <laughs> she's got this whole thing going on where it's like everything is pleasurable and she makes videos every <laughs> every day about like pleasure to her mailbox or pleasure to her coffee <laughs> or pleasure making her bed. I don't even know. <laughs> she is also the co-founder of Ona Lifestyle Brand, which designs gemstone pleasure toys for women. Yeah. She works directly with women, teaching the art of healing yoni self-massage, slow self-pleasuring as a form of healing and exploration of individual eroticism. And did I mention she's a super sexy kitten? Oh, I melt. 
<laughs> I met this sexy woman on her Instagram a, mo- a while back. Elena, do you remember the day that we met? Oh my God, do I have to? Shit. <laughs> uh, I know. I remember I had to get a new phone because I drooled all over mine. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only, the receipt is the only thing <laughs> that I have. And re- you know, remember them. You're sitting there describing me. I'm like, can we just flirt for the next hour and that's it. Then I'm good. <laughs> that's it. I think our, our client, our listeners would learn a lot about that. Actually, we could teach them the art of flirting because we're really good at it. <laughs> it really gets me in trouble though. <laughs> and I really can't emphasize this enough. I'm so excited about this topic because I think many of us out there are doing a disservice to ourselves because we subscribe to the conventional idea of sex. And the often we often box ourselves into this image of the, you know, I don't know, heteronormative stick slot tab A into slot B type of sex that may actually not support our authentic self or pleasure potential. And the funny thing is that our body talks to us and gives us these signs if we tune into it. And Elaine is going to tell us just that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Mm. It's an interesting way to open our conversation because it's something that I often talk about the difference between uh, what I call internal sexuality and external sexuality. There's so much emphasis these days on the external sexuality, on what you look like, what you post on Instagram, how you flirt with people, how you interact with people, what are your sexual skills, how you give a blowjob, and so on. And my work really revolves around the internal sexuality of how do you actually feel about sex? Do you mm. like giving blowjobs? What triggers you? What scares you? What are you thinking of when you are making love? Are you present? Are you dissociated? How does your yoni feel? Are you getting pleasure? Are you in pain? Are you frustrated? And so I think that that's where we all should be going is more into our internal world and our own personal experience. Everything else is just kind of the icing on the cake. I mean, who cares what you look like or what brand of lingerie you're wearing if you're not enjoying actually making love in that lingerie? Oh my God. Yes, that is such gold right there. And it's so funny because we see these magazines when we go to the store and it's like 10 ways to blow her mind in bed and, and shit. But like, I look through those and I'm like, okay, step one. Okay, step two. But it, it, it makes it so that we become more heady and we're not really in the body. We're not really feeling. We're just in this technical cognitive space. Super sexy. Well, I think this is one of the main problems these days is where our sexuality is very much in the head because our life is in the head. We're, we're talking, we're gossiping, we're communicating, we're iMessaging, we're Skyping, we're chatting, we're emailing, we're on our Netflix, on our iPhones, on our iPads everything is in the head. And so we're now making love and having sex with our head too. We meet someone and we think, oh, he or she is great. I'm going to have sex with him or he or she is funny or so on. We don't really listen to our body and our body could say, yeah, you're good looking and interesting, but I don't feel you. I don't want you. I don't want to be touched by you, but we don't listen to our body, right? We're so busy being in our head of thinking, well, this person is nice. They paid for my drinks. They're a gentleman. Therefore, you know, I should be having sex with them. Or I should be having a relationship with them. And mm. then, you know, fast forward three years into the relationship, you're miserable. You're completely dissociated from your body. You're not feeling pleasure. And you're sitting around still in your head wondering what the fuck happened. Mm. That's so true. I 
you know, I remember this time because I had read something. No, I had listened to an interview from you and you were sharing about this and I want you to get into this. And it helped me to remember this time that I was dating this guy and like I was so in love with him. Right. And yet my Yoni and when, when I'm saying using the word yoni, um, I'm meaning my pussy or my vulva, um, she was not getting wet. She was not getting, you know, engorged. None of the, the signs of arousal were happening. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, or like not as connected with her in sex. And at the time I didn't think about it cause I didn't really understand body intelligence, but now I'm like, oh my God, my body was talking to me the whole time. Um, he just wasn't <laughs> as present with me and not like the piercing consciousness of I am with you kind of thing. And, and my body knew it. And again, it just sounds so happy, like listen to your body, but it's so true. Every symptom we experience, whether it's a headache or vaginal pain, that's your body communicating to you. Listen to it. If you eat something crappy, you're going to get a stomach ache. If you're under stress, you're going to have a headache. If you don't really want to have sex with someone, but you do it anyways, your pussy's going to be in pain. Mm. But instead of listening to that and taking action and changing our behavior, we're busy sticking, you know, some anti-yeast infection suppositories up our vaginas. We'll take a Tylenol against a headache and so on. We're not listening. Mm. We're just further repressing the symptoms and the conversation. Oof. And perpetuating that idea of that we have to just deal with discomfort, which I think, especially as women, you know, it's it's become something in our society, you know, just put up with it or this is just how things are kind of thing. And I love the way you said, listen to your body. And that doesn't mean like your your pussy is not responding. Therefore, this is the wrong guy. Therefore, go away, you know, or want wrong guy or girl. Um, so, so don't have sex with them, but tune in, like sit with yourself, journal, internal, you know, self-inquire what is happening here. And Mm -hmm. this is, is this what inspired your Yoni empire or how did you get into that? Wow. It's such a long story. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Yeah, I'll I'll be my best to be very short. Um, I've always been very interested in human sexuality. Um, I come originally from a uh, Russian family. So post, you know, Soviet union, upbringing in Russia uh, where there is no sex. You know, we don't talk about sex and we think that it doesn't exist. Um, But I've always been interested. I always knew that there was something inside of me, this deep curiosity um, around sexuality. But of course, my whole life, I've just been repressing it because, you know, God forbid at the age of 18, I tell my parents, mom and dad, I want to be a sexologist. They would disown me. (laughs) So I studied psychology instead. Um, When I was 21, the most beautiful boy in our entire university approached me, sat down next to me in class and started flirting with me. I do the same. (laughs) (laughs) I was so shocked because I mean, this was just, I mean, he's, if, if this was a movie, he'd be one of those, you know, jocks like that every girl wants. (laughs) And so we went on a few dates. I was just, I don't know how to say just in awe of his, to this day, he's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Um, and then we started getting intimate. He took me to his house. And from the very first time that we had sex, it was very painful for me. Mm. Because sex that we were having at the age of 21 was porn style, you know, where he's really good looking. He doesn't really need to try and get a girl 
you know, in bed. So he's not really doing much. He's just there showing off. Mm-hmm. And I'm there to please because I like him so much and I want this guy to like me back. So I fully plunged into my performance-based sexuality where I'm there for his pleasure. And it doesn't matter whether it hurts me, whether I'm turned on or not. I'm going to fake those orgasms. I'm going to write like a porn star and I'm going to make sure that he has a fantastic experience. Six months into the relationship, I started getting insane yeast infections and feeling a lot of pain. And at some point, I just couldn't have penetrative sex anymore. We ended up breaking up and my pussy didn't feel any better. And so the next partner I had, it still hurt. And I thought, okay, what's going on here? Um, Met somebody else a few months later, it still was hurting And I would have the yeast infections every time after having sex. I went to the doctor. They look at me and they said, well, you're fine. It's probably in your head. And this was in Holland. So the gynecologist said, this is all in your head. Smoke some weed. Relax. (gasps) No way. I feel like that's that's what somebody down the street would say for me. I live in Venice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl, go smoke some weed. You'll be fine. (laughs) A year later, I've gone to five or six gynecologists. I'm in pain. I cannot even use a tampon. There's just every time anything touches my vagina, I am wanting to scream like someone is actually cutting me up. There is burning, there is itching, there is pain, there is just so much emotions also. And none of the doctors can tell me what's wrong with me. They all tell me it's in my head. They tell me my vagina looks fine and healthy. I need to stop creating fake pain and move on with my life. Stop. Oh my God. And the thing is that this is a story that men can connect with, I'm sure. Yeah. So what I actually had, and it took me eight years of having this find out and really self-diagnose myself in the end is a form of vaginismus or vaginism where your uh, vaginal muscles contract involuntarily. And so any type of penetration is incredibly painful. Mm. And this happens to women from um, sexual trauma, like being raped or molested or abused, or it happens over time through conventional sex, where you're having uh, penetrative sex that's discomforting or uncomfortable or painful. And then over time, your vagina just starts closing off, constricting, and then feeling pain. Mm. Because it has no physical symptom and you can't really tell what's happening, it's very hard to diagnose. Yeah. And it's a somatic problem. And, you know, you go to a gynecologist, they work on the physical level. So they want to, you know, give you a pill. They want to give you a cream. They want to maybe poke and probe and they want to cut something up and give you surgery. They don't work with your head. If you go to a therapist, it's the opposite. They will, you know, talk to you about your mother issues, but they don't really know what's happening in your body. But it takes two things. It's a psychosomatic problem. Mm hmm. Yeah, when I work with uh, with clients who experience it, I'm working with a pelvic floor specialist. So they're doing more of the internal work and I'm doing more of the emotional work with somebody. Yeah, but imagine me. I mean, this was 10, maybe even 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm, a young, I'm 22 years old. I am pretty cute. You know, I get attention from boys. I don't have a problem with that. I want to date. I want to be free. I want to have sex. I want to make love. And yet I'm walking around with this massive secret of being impotent, really, mm-hmm. and going on dates and knowing that on a date, you know, three, I'll have to let my, you know, my date know that, hey, I like you, but I actually physically cannot have sex with you because I have this weird problem that I have no idea how to heal. 
And so I did this for eight years. I had maybe a total of 22 different gynecologists and specialists look at me. I've been poked and prodded. I've done every therapy under the sun and nothing was helping. I had long-term relationships with men and women. I was miserable. I was depressed. I felt pressure. I felt stuck in my own body. I felt suicidal. It was such a horrible experience, but it really planted the seed for what I do these days. Because eight years later, I moved to Bali and I met a body worker who does just full body massage. And he was massaging me one of the first times. And as he was massaging my lower back, he said, hey, um, is it painful for you to have sex with your husband? And I just started weeping. It's like, how did he know just from touching me? We didn't have a discussion and you come in just for a normal massage. How did he know? What is it that he felt? And I wept and wept and wept. And he just sat there holding space for me and kind of petting me on the back. And I cried and I told him, yeah, I'm, I'm in pain for seven years already. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I'm celibate. I, I gave up. I'm thinking of becoming a nun. <laughs> He said, he was so calm and he was so present. I mean, this is just some Indonesian man. I'm in this tiny little hut, you know, getting a massage on the floor. And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. Just see me once a week. And then for the next seven months, I would see this man and he would massage me and really concentrate on my pelvic floor, concentrate on my thighs, my lower back and my belly, really giving me deep, sometimes painful massage and really pressing the fingers deep into the pressure points, deep into the muscles giving me beautiful leg stretches, telling me to do more swimming, to do more yoga. And six months, seven months pass, and the pain goes away. Wow. And so all the money that my family has spent for seven years to every single therapy, every medical, you know, opportunity. I mean, we flew around countries. We went to America. We were in Holland and Russia. No one could fix me. And then this really lovely man fixed me by giving me really lovely massages. Mm. And that's when I really got in touch with my body and I felt my vagina. And, I've, you know, this is, it's so hard sometimes to explain for people who are disconnected that you can actually feel yourself. You can mm -hmm. feel your body part. You can tune into your vagina and be like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's yeah. so amazing. I tell people, you know, like um, I talk about not being in their body and they're like, or, or I ask people, you know, if they are and they're like, of course I'm in my body. I'm walking around. But it's like, no, are you in it? And dropping their attention down into their pelvic floor. But where so many of us are cut off our attention from down there, we're like from the chest up kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I see it as an ongoing journey. I mean, for me, I'm more and more connected every day, especially mm -hmm. if I work on myself and I do the different practices. It's so interesting now to tap into how my body feels around people that I meet. You know, if I'll go on a date with somebody or if I'm working with someone or connecting with somebody, it's like, oh, oh, I'm feeling really constricted in my stomach around this mm -hmm. person. What's that about? Or, wow, I feel so open in my heart and so relaxed around you. It's so cool to start tapping into this really subtle but beautiful bodily intelligence who is guiding you in what you do in work, in the people that you connect with, in just how you spend your day. Your mm -hmm. body tells you what and how to do things. It's incredible. 
all the time. It's always talking to us in the ways that we, we numb it out or we distract or we do all these things because we, and we feel that those voices are, are, um, uncomfortable and they are, but it's only because our body's like, Hey, pay attention to me. Tune in here. This is not okay. And it wouldn't be so uncomfortable if we actually listened to it. (laughs) So you brought up, you, you brought up the word conventional sex. What exactly is conventional sex and how do you think that's impacting our pleasure potential in sex? All right. So the best way that I can um, describe conventional sex is it's the sex that's really concentrated on orgasm. It's a goal-oriented sex, which is most of us are having this kind of sex because we don't know that we could be having any type of other sex. So we are concentrated on orgasmic release, those eight seconds of beautiful experience. And so everything we do before is working really hard to get there to those eight seconds. And so mm-hmm. in an effort to orgasm, our movements become faster, harder, more aggressive, and more unconscious. We're so determined to force an orgasm that we really forget to stay present in the moment, in the pleasure, and to really just be there with our partner. It's kind of like two dissociated people rubbing each other, trying to reach a goal. And really <laughs> the whole point of sex, of connection and being present with each other and enjoying each other. Yeah, I just had this image of of a campfire where you're like rubbing two sticks together, yeah. trying to make the fire. Come on, come on, rub, 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 rub. <laughs> you know what? And then the sparks come. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most common feedback from women, um, like if they could say, you know, one feedback to men um, in terms of sex is slow down. Mm. Please, please slow down. And that's also my feedback to all the women when they're making love to themselves as well. We're so in a hurry to get somewhere, to get to that orgasm, that we're not being present. And sometimes those seconds or those minutes before an orgasm are so much sweeter than the orgasm itself. You know, do you Mm. have, um, you know, whether you're masturbating, you're making love, and then you're working, you know, towards it, and it's all wonderful, and then you come, and you're like, oh, that was it? Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like expectation and reality. And so that's so true. Yeah, we see all these images, especially in the movies and stuff like that, where orgasms like, ah, but sometimes it's just like, ah. yeah. And so <laughs> having this goal of getting somewhere, it's really interfering with our pleasure potential and it's causing mm-hmm. stress of performance and stress of our partner's satisfaction. And then again, instead of being present and enjoying ourselves, because that's what sex is, it's a beautiful, enjoyable activity. Um, <laughs> We're so much in our heads performing sex, so being a certain kind of you know, sexual person for your partner, and we're trying to satisfy them. So instead of concentrating and being present in your body, you're thinking, okay, am I doing this right? Am I doing these finger movements right? Oh, will mm-hmm. my partner like that? Oh, maybe I should do this already. And it's, it's become so unconscious, we don't even think about it. And sex becomes mm-hmm. work. And when you're working, then you're not really enjoying yeah, no, I already have too many full-time jobs. I don't need another one. <laughs> exactly. So conventional sex, especially for the women, is something that over time becomes such a draft that, yeah, you would much rather watch Netflix and eat pizza and cuddle than have sex. Because why would you want to work? I mean, yeah, you're, you're working with your kids. You're working at work. Why do you want to come home and work more? It is so much easier just to put you know, a vibrator in your clitoris, get yourself off in a few minutes, and put those PJs on. 
Or your onesie, your Urban Outfitters onesie. That's super sexy, apparently. But I can't see it because you don't have your video on. (laughs) (laughs) So so when we're thinking about, you know, people who are not as satisfied with their sex lives, and and I'm thinking about this conventional sex where it's just like rubbing two fire sticks together. how can people in a, in you know bringing in this mindfulness aspect of it but i can also imagine you know this idea of embodying this curiosity to discover your own style of sex and i wonder if you can expand on on what sex could look like for people because i imagine there are different styles like there you mentioned slow sex what else um could that look like for people just to give them like permission to expand I always say that one of the most important sexual relationships in your life are with yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's to be the best lover is really to understand yourself first and your own pleasure. And in order to do that, we need to be curious about ourselves and really ask yourself, what is keeping you from feeling pleasure? What is keeping you from enjoying sex? What is keeping you from wanting it? Uh, There are different Mm -hmm. styles of sex and you have to find what really works for you and, well, try different things and really listen to your gut. See, we're so much disconnected from our gut feeling. Again, we're disconnected from our body that often it's like deep inside we know what we like, but the society is telling us that we are wrong. Mm, Yeah. Right. So there's this whole movement of slow sex. Um, There are incredible books about it by Diana Richardson, who's one of the driving forces behind slow sex and my spirit animal. (laughs) I love that book. I love, love, love that book. I love all of her books. I mean, she's written incredible, Mm -hmm. incredible um, pieces of work that have been, you know, life changing for me. And so when even when I talk to people about slow sex, the immediate reaction is that it's, you know, slow, vanilla, boring, you know, there's candles and Barry White kind of... Uh your boyfriend does it to you like once a month just to keep you satisfied and the whole time it's happening you're full of guilt lying there going well you know you can't really fully embody it and enjoy it Mm. now Mm -hmm. the driving force behind slow sex is awareness in it it is a state of being sexual rather than doing something sexual slow sex is about pleasure rather than orgasm so mm-hmm. having slow sex is making love with an awareness and being aware of your body and where you are and being aware of your partner and fully concentrating on every small movement, every kiss, every touch and slowing down. Now, that doesn't oh mean that God, I'm, I'm so wet right now. <laughs> no. Every kiss, every touch. Oh, my God. You can't do this to me on the show. <laughs> So what happens when you do slow down is that it leads to increased awareness, body sensitivity, and psychological openness. And magical things start happening when you slow down. I mean, look at just life in general. We're constantly talking about slowing down in life, becoming aware, right? Meditating. Are you in the park on your phone? Are you in the park listening to the birds and looking at the sky? Are you eating a meal and so much in your head about how many calories this is, or are you making love to your food and really gorging on all of those flavors? That's what slow sex is. It's gorging on all the beautiful flavors and experiences of what sex can be. It's taking your time. It's like being a sexual connoisseur. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my <too. laughs> 
like, I caught myself in that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm just imagining that. Okay, I'm imagining you slowly making love to pizza. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got that too? You got that image too? (laughs) What are some ways, so you're talking about you know, paying attention to your kiss and that kind of thing. Are there other ways that people can uh, really get back into like, cause your mind wanders in sex. Let's give everybody permission. Your mind is going to wander, right? And ways to anchor it back into the body when it does do that. Can you give them some very actionable ways that they can? Yeah, sure. Um, so just like you said, everyone's mind wanders and it's absolutely okay and it also wanders for very different reasons. Um, there isn't that place in your life where you, you know, do you become some sexual ninja where your mind never wanders? No, your mind will wander. It's absolutely okay. Catch yourself wandering off during sex. Slow mm-hmm. down, take a breath, and just come back in. Now, whether you feel it's okay to communicate that to your partner and be like, "Hey, I just zoned out," do it. If you feel like you don't want to do that, that's also fine. The most important thing is catching yourself wandering off and then being really curious about it and asking yourself, why are you wandering off during sex and Mm. disconnecting from your partner because you actually don't want to be with them? Mm. That's a hard one. Yeah. Are you Mm. disconnecting from certain emotions that are coming up for you? Are you feeling physical discomfort and so you're dissociating from your body just to please your partner. This happens so often for women. You know, let's say you're maybe drying up or the penetration has been going for too long, but you want your partner to come. You want them to have a good time. So you just like almost turn yourself off from your vagina. You might moan, play out, you know, play like, you know, a beautiful pornographic role to get them there faster and you hope they're going to come soon. This is the moment when you're dissociating, disconnecting, and your mind is wandering off. Um, or another uh, way to wander off is trying to orgasm. So are you wandering off into some, you know, pornographic fantasy in your head, something very sexual and sexy, just so you can orgasm? So these are different reasons why we wander off. Ask yourself, which one are you doing? And how is that affecting your sexual experience with your partner? Now, there's nothing wrong with wandering off into some sexy fantasy. That's fine. <laughs> but if you're doing every single time because you actually don't really feel a lot of attraction to your partner, then there's a problem there. Oof. Yeah. And make sure you do the self inquiry after the sex (laughs) and not like while you're in the middle of it, (laughs) your partner can tell (laughs) you're not there. (laughs) I love someone like taking, I was like, I'm sorry, honey. I just realized I'm not really attracted to you. Let me write this down. (laughs) I need to go journal. (laughs) Hold on. Keep going. I'm just going to use my phone and and make this note for myself. (laughs) That sounds awful. I mean, it's so fine. I wander off sometimes too. Like if I've had a really stressful day and something, you know, uncomfortable happened to me, I could be ruminating in my head about it, you know, replaying that fight or that awkward thing I said or a mistake I made. And if my partner is really present, sometimes my partner will catch me and be like, hey, where did you go? Yeah. And it's really nice also to be caught. And then you realize they're very present with you and they're, you know, <sighs> wanting to be present back. And that's fine. You get back in it. If you're rushing to orgasm, if you're both working super hard, you don't notice you're wandering off. Mm. You're so busy trying to get somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. That's so true. I'm trying to get somewhere. <sighs> Which is what you talk about on Yoni Empire. I love, if you guys haven't checked her out on Instagram, she's the Yoni Empire. And every time that name, when I, that first name came up in my, in my DMs, I was like, imagine this uh, civilization of Yonis. And, and then <laughs> one Yoni was wearing a crown. And it was like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, heralding over the civilization of yonis. Um, <laughs> so let's actually, let's talk about the yoni. Let's talk about that vulva power. And I really, you know, all these different ways that we can, we can really work with her to reach greater optimiz- optimization in our pleasure. I, you know, in our discussion before the show um, about the different ways that you you know, helped, helped your Yoni heal herself. Um, you talked about things like Yoni self-massage and mapping and de-armoring. I wonder if you can go into any of these yummy things. Absolutely. Which ones would you like to start with? Oh my God. Okay. So Yoni, <laughs> Yoni mapping <laughs> sounded so fabulous to me. Cause I imagine, again, I have all the very imaginative mind, um, this little Yoni holding a map, almost like Dora the Explorer and like going there <laughs> and like <laughs> on her little journey into the jungle or something like that. <laughs> Can you describe what that means? <laughs> sure. Cause I'm sure I'm right. <laughs> um, so I first learned about Yoni mapping, um, from Tammy Lynn Kent. She wrote a fantastic book, uh, called The Wild Feminine, and she's a pelvic floor specialist. She works with women, and really, really incredible book. I absolutely recommend for everyone to read it. Basically, um, we hold a lot of tension inside our vaginas, and just like we would hold tension in our neck or in our lower back, and we would massage to get the tension out, we need to be doing the same with our yonis. Um, unfortunately, most of the time, the only kind of attention that our vaginas receive is either we're washing it, right, very mindlessly, or someone is having sex with it. That's really the two only options. And then once in a while, you know, we give birth with it. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's sad, right? I mean, it's one of the most important organs in our body, one of the most sensitive ones, and yet we don't really give it the full loving care and attention that it should get. And so with yoni mapping, it's really looking at the tender areas, the painful trigger points, the pleasure areas inside your vagina, and really creating this map of what that looks like. And the interesting thing, it's very different for every woman. So you map your yoni during self-massage by placing your finger inside the vagina and pressing clockwise around the entrance and then deeper inside and deeper inside and then you feel into all the different spots so just imagine if it's your vaginal entrance is like a clock and you press on one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock and so on the interesting thing that you will discover is that spots are very different and so maybe two and three o'clock feel incredibly pleasurable and Mm. five and six o'clock will be intense burning pain or maybe mm-hmm. nine and eight o'clock, you won't feel anything at all, no matter how hard you press. Or maybe there'll be a burning, or maybe there'll be a numbness, whatever it is. It's very interesting to do that for you, to literally map yourself out. It's like Google mapping your vagina, <laughs> writing this down. What this creates is an understanding of where you're holding the stress in your body and what needs to be given more attention. So, for example, for me, 
I feel a lot of pleasure in two and three o'clock. And so I shared this with my partner and now my partner knows exactly what to concentrate on. Mm. Now, seven and eight o'clock are my stressful uh, trigger point. That's where... Mine too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had a that's little a little muscle spasm there. Yeah. That's why I feel the burning. If my partner presses in it, I start getting this this icky feeling almost of shame or something that starts coming up. I get very emotional. Um, mm. So mapping your yoni is a fantastic way to really get to know your yoni and then to take care of it. Mm. And you know what? I love that you just said, you just expressed, you know, in certain parts, seven and eight o'clock holding specific emotions there. I think that's so important to let women know that we do hold emotions in our in the tissue walls of our vagina and so sometimes when we when we hit a, a certain spot and we start crying and we don't know why or we start or we hit up against something and I get dms all the time I just cry I keep crying and oh my god but but like and I love my partner but looking and sitting with that it could be you know that we're holding some sort of trauma there as well yeah and then our partners, if, if your partner doesn't know, or even if you don't know, they might take you very personally. You know, guys tend to freak out if a girl cries. I love crying after sex. That means the sex was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, me too. <laughs> you know, that I was fucked so much into my heart and into the present moment that I'm just open and I'm letting all this energy flow out and I'm letting these emotions out. I love it. Yeah, it's me too. So relaxed. It's like the fantastic, like, that's my happy ending. Is <laughs> <laughs> one of my like, tears in my eyes, blissfully just open and raw and vulnerable. It's incredible. Yeah. And our partners are, you know, are lucky that we can explain what's happening afterward. I remember having partners, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm more than okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm amazing. And advice to um, partners who, you know, who date women is if a woman starts crying, don't try and make her stop because that's a really natural yeah. reaction, right? I mean, we, we're taught this, a child cries, we immediately need them to stop crying. No, just let the woman feel her emotions because it's just mm -hmm. a wave of emotions going to come out and then it's going to finish. Just hold the space for her, that's it. Or ask her what she needs. Sometimes she'll just want to be held. Sometimes she wants to be left alone. Respect that boundary and support her. I don't know, go make her some hot chocolate. Mm, I would prefer so vegan cookie dough <laughs> ice cream. Snickered at all. Cookie dough, ice cream. That's what I want. <laughs> I enjoy a nice cuddle. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, that's my thing. I just, just be the big spoon. Hold me. I'm going to cry. It'll be quite fast, actually. I'll just let it out. And, and then we'll go make chocolate together. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, having a partner and I had them place their hand over my heart and just that the weight of their hand over my heart, the gentle pressure was like, oh, so delicious. Oh my God. Okay. So we just gave you some great ideas in case your partner starts crying in their orgasm and please don't shame yourself. If you cry, it's, it's like, it's all good. I always, uh, make the, uh, analogy of like crying is like an orgasm. You know, they both release, they both sometimes are wet. They both like cause contractions in the body, you know, convulsions and your face contorts. Like it's the same, same. It just <laughs> two different parts of your body. And you're hungry after <laughs> and you want food and you want to be held 
<laughs> yes. Like an eye orgasm, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eye orgasm hashtag. I'm going to see that on your Instagram next. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of the those who are not partnered or even those who just want to be able to explore with their own yoni, um, can you can you share with them what a yoni self massage is like? Absolutely. So as I was saying earlier, the vagina is an elastic muscular canal. And just like we would massage our neck or our lower back, we need to be massaging our vaginas. That's just, you know, for me, that's the number one self-care practice that I have started doing for myself and my whole life changed, my whole body changed. I am more orgasmic. I feel more pleasure in my body because I self-massage. There are different ways to massage yourself. I always say, just be very honest with yourself and get very intuitive. And it's right there. You have two hands, grab some coconut oil and just start massaging your thighs, your lower belly your labia, your pubic mound, your uh, smaller labia, your uh, the entrance to your vagina. Be very slow. Be very loving. You can press. You can run your fingers up and down. You can knead. You can hold certain pressure points. Follow the pleasure. Follow the pain. And don't make a big deal out of it. Often women think that it has to be this kind of grandiose thing. I have to plan an hour and light some incense and some candles and do a mantra. Fuck that. My best practice is watching Netflix, grabbing a jar of coconut oil and massaging myself while watching a series. (laughs) You know, doing that is less pressure to, again, perform a fantastic massage, but rather just give yourself some really loving, non-sexual touch. Uh, what mm. I also do in my day-to-day life is I um, hold sessions with women where I teach them how to self-massage. So they come over to my house and I show them different techniques and we talk about different um, ways of doing it. Also using a non-vibrating dildo is a fantastic way to self-massage on the inside as you're um, able to reach those pressure points, which you cannot do with your fingers. Which that's your company, right? Yeah, that's uh, one of the reasons uh, for my brand on a lifestyle being created. Um, I started the company with my partner, uh, Della, and gosh, it's been, we, we launched back in January and it's just been already such a fantastic journey and going deeper into it. I've been looking for a while to create some sort of tool which helps women to self-massage because when you're mm-hmm. trying to massage yourself from the inside, you look a little bit awkward, you know, you get this like kind of crab arm thing <laughs> trying to reach inside. And, you know, some of us have beautiful long nails and not me. Oh, um, <laughs> not me either. And so, Men are stubby. <laughs> and so it gets a little bit awkward, you know. Um, also, some women feel uncomfortable putting their own fingers inside. So I was talking to Adela and I said, listen, can we create something which is like a handle that you can really press inside. It's like a pussy reflexology stick. And that's what we ended up creating and tested numerous, numerous times. We created the On a Curve. Uh, it's a gemstone, uh, looks like a boomerang. And mm-hmm. for me, it's, yeah, it's a pussy reflexology stick. So it's a fantastic way to really press into those pressure points and at the same time, keep your hand relaxed and keep your fingers relaxed. It's um, minimum effort for maximum effect. Mm. I love that. And yeah, and it really does. That's something that I practice regularly as well. And it just not only helps me to drop down and and ground with her, but it, it does really help open her up. 
Absolutely. And then one other thing that you had brought up was this, the, and you brought this up in earlier in the episode was the, um, body de-armoring. What do you mean by that? I imagine like somebody in chain mail and like you're taking off the chain mail. That's actually pretty much that. <laughs> That's um, it. <laughs> I'm going to make air quotes. Uh, so body armor in air quotes um, is the result from painful, uh, restrictive or stressful experiences in our lives where the body contracts on a physical and emotional level. So it can happen from a very traumatic experience such as physical abuse, or it happens over time through things like conventional sex. So over the years, uh, these contractions start to form bands of armor inside the tissues of the body. And these are holding our emotions. They're holding our fear, anxiety, uh, withdrawal or avoidance. And so this armor is really just stress that you're carrying around on your body 24 7 for years at a time it's restricting the natural flow of energy in your body it's restricting you from feeling your full pleasure potential and it's making you you know emotionally unstable in a way (laughs) because there's all these things that are kind of breeding and living inside of your body and they're weighing you down and you don't know what's going on And this is why a lot of us, you know, we enter our 30s with the neck pain and the lower back pain and all these sexual issues and confusions. And you are either very numb in your vagina or you're unable to get wet or you're triggered by a lot of things in your sexuality. You don't know what's going on. And so body de-armoring helps you to step out of all of it and really release all of that stress. It's a form of physical stress relief. It's a form of body work. Oof, oof, I love that. And I, I experienced something something similar. And the when I was 25, I had um, a body worker literally help me recondition my body to receive touch. Because yeah. exactly what you're talking about, I had created so much armor around myself that when somebody would just touch me, I'd freak out. <clears throat> it was just not pleasurable. So it, it I highly recommend people who I recommend everybody to experience some sort of like body work or body de-armoring because we're all creating some sort of layers. So I definitely recommend people looking into something like that to be able to help them. It just helps us to reconnect with the world again. It's getting embodied. You know, there's trigger mm. points all over the body. Some of the main ones are in your jaw, your neck, your diaphragm, uh, deep in your belly and thighs. And different people hold different um, stress in different parts of their body. So, for example, for me, I held a lot of sexual stress in my thighs. And when my thighs were de-armored, I wept and I cried and I screamed. And then on day three, when because I went to a retreat, on day three when... Um, my thighs were being pressed into, I was laughing. It's like just something shifted in my body where day one, I'm weeping and crying. Day three, I'm laughing and I can't stop. It's like nothing is funny, but my body is just convulsing from so much pleasure and laughter and Mm. I'm crying and I have no idea what's happening, (laughs) but that's, it felt like my body was opened. It's like something was cleared and then just things were opened to receive pleasure and to receive that energy. Wow. Oh my God. That's so amazing. Oh, this whole interview. I'm just like, Oh, yummy. (laughs) 
I wonder if as we're wrapping up, can you give three takeaways for our listeners just to like really hold on to? Because I know the, I know there's so much here and probably everybody is operating heavy machinery and driving down the street. <laughs> can you give them th- just, just three little things that they can take with them? So number one, I would say um, the most important sexual relationship in your life is with yourself. Um, concentrate less on other people or your partner and concentrate more on you and what is your experience. So what is the experience of your internal sexual world and how do you feel about sex? Not what it looks like and what your partner says, but how do you really feel? That would be number one. Uh, number two, uh, buy every single book by Diana Richardson about slow sex, read it, study it, practice it and enjoy the fuck out of it. (laughs) And number three, um, hmm, let me think about that. Oh yeah. If you're a woman, um, self yoni massage. Absolutely. If you could do, if you could start doing one practice for yourself, forget the bathtubs, forget those face masks and green smoothies, (laughs) start massaging yourself, start touching the most precious parts of your body, your breasts and your yoni, and just massage yourself and give yourself non-sexual pleasure. It will create magic in your body. You will open up to pleasure. You will become more orgasmic. You will connect. Well, I know what I'm doing after this. I know what I did this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is so awesome. And Elena, how can people find you? Where can they go? On the Yoni Empire on my Instagram. Uh, That's probably the easiest way. I'm about to launch my private website, which is theyoniempire.com. So give me another couple of weeks and I'll be there. Also, they can find me on my On a Lifestyle Gemstone brand, onalifestyle.com. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. And everybody drop her a line on the Yoni Empire. I promise you will not regret it. I like I will highlight her things on my stories and she does the same. I think we I like to think that we have this flirty little thing going on. But it might just be in my own head. I don't know. <laughs> it's your body, honey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, thank you, Elena. Thank and you. lovers, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe to the show, to connect with me and grab my sexy guides because my goal is to get you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which again, improves every aspect of your life, especially those yoni massages. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Sex matters. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.